Uh, tonight, if you'll turn your Bibles uh, to the Old Testament, Second Chronicles chapter 18, and I appreciated the, the message that we've already heard. I don't know uh, so much about the Kentucky football, but uh, that was good preaching, so we'll go with that. We're looking forward to and praying the Lord will continue to bless all of the speakers and that they'll be enabled to speak as the Lord would give them utterance. <clears throat> Second Chronicles chapter 18, and as the Lord was giving me thoughts I, uh, to study this and perhaps preach from this passage of Scripture, and I thought to myself, well, it doesn't seem like a very good Bible conference message. And, uh, <clears throat> But we'll just go ahead and ask the Lord to bless and trust that the Lord's will will be done. But we have here an incident in the Old Testament, and we know that the Bible tells us the things that were written aforetime or in the past were written for our learning that we, through patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. And you know what you have without the Scriptures? You have no hope. And that's what you have without the one who is the theme of Scripture, the Lord Jesus Christ, you have no hope. And so we pray that tonight, that before the services are over and before this conference is over, that you'll have the hope that's only found in Jesus Christ, and that if you're saved, you'll have the hope that, as the Bible says, we have a good hope through grace. But tonight, Second Chronicles chapter 18, and I want to read beginning in verse 1, and the, the word of the Lord picks up here during the reign of Jehoshaphat. He was uh, one of the good kings as far as he did that which pleased the Lord, not always. And, and he was king of the southern kingdom of Judah, sitting on the throne of his father David in Jerusalem. And then we find another king mentioned here, he, that's old Ahab. And if you have any familiarity with the scriptures, you probably know Ahab was just about the most wicked person that we find in the word of God. <clears throat> And of course, uh, I say that knowing that the Lord had to save me, and as far as I was in myself, I wasn't any different than old Ahab. Just like that song that was sung, unworthy. But tonight, let's read here, beginning in verse 1. Now Jehoshaphat had riches and honor and abundance and joined affinity with Ahab. So he became friends with Ahab. And after certain years, he went down to Ahab to Samaria, and Ahab killed sheep and oxen for him in abundance and for the people that he had with him, and persuaded him to go up with him to Ramoth-Gilead. And Ahab, king of Israel, said unto Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, Wilt thou go with me to Ramoth-Gilead? And he answered him, I am as thou art, my people as thy people, and we will be with thee in the war." And so you see, they were about to go up to war. The Syrians had 
taken possession of Ramoth Gilead and, and really it belonged to Israel. Well, the reason that they had taken it was because God had taken it away from them. But Ahab was puffed up in pride and he said, well, well, let's go get it back. And he persuaded Jehoshaphat. He kind of, uh, as the world would say, wined and dined him and stroked his ego and flattered him. And he said, hey, brother, why don't you go with us and help us out? And Jehoshaphat, he, he liked to be helpful. And verse 4, And Jehoshaphat said unto the king of Israel, Inquire, I pray thee, at the word of the Lord today. You know, we need, we need to pray. And we should pray first. Right? Huh. A little late for that. Therefore the king of Israel gathered together of prophets 400 men and said unto them, Shall we go to Ramoth Gilead to battle, or shall I forbear? And they said, Go up, for God will deliver it into the king's hand. Now, I'll tell you, I've never been around 400 other preachers. I've just, I've never had that privilege. And Ahab here, he had a whole, a whole bushel full of them, didn't he? He had 400. Now, I don't know where he got them because you go backwards not too far from here in time and under uh, the ministry of Elijah, they had already slain the 450 prophets of Baal and 800 prophets of the groves. Well, you see, false preachers are kind of like weeds. You don't have to plant them, they just sprout. You want one, you'll find one. They're there. But Jehoshaphat said, Is there not here a prophet of the Lord besides that we might inquire of him? It seems like Jehoshaphat could detect that there was something amiss with these 400 prophets. Right? He, want, he knew something wasn't quite right. He says, Wasn't well, there a prophet of the Lord you know, besides these? And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, There is yet one man by whom we may inquire of the Lord, but I hate him. For he never prophesied good unto me, but always evil. The same as Micaiah the son of Imla. And Jehoshaphat said, Let not the king say so. And the king of Israel called for one of his officers and said, Fetch quickly Micaiah the son of Imla. And the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, sat either of them on his throne, clothed in their robes, and they sat in an open place or a void place at the entering in of the gate of Samaria. And all the prophets prophesied before them. Zedekiah, the son of Canaanah, had made him horns of iron and said, Thus saith the Lord, With these thou shalt push Syria until they be consumed. He, he was the headline speaker at the conference. Okay. He was the one that, as this one dear lady said to my grandmother one year, she said, oh, you need to come to the conference at night. That's when the best speakers are. She said, you mean the loudest. And all the prophets prophesied so, saying, go up to Ramoth Gilead and prosper, for the Lord shall deliver it into the hand of the king. Anybody ever listen to so-called Christian radio? You can repent afterwards if you do, but 
Did you ever notice, it doesn't matter which program it is, they all say the same thing. They're all on the same theme. Now, this month, it's, it's you know, could be this theme. Next month, it's a different theme. They're always all on the same theme. It's kind of like, you know, they say about the news media. No matter which news you watch, they're all telling the same stories. Like, it's, there's only five things going on in the whole world. I think they're all getting their information from the same place. These 400 prophets did. It wasn't the Lord. And the messenger that went to call Micaiah spake to him, saying, Behold, the words of the prophets declare good to the king with one assent. Let thy word, therefore, I pray thee, be like one of theirs, and speak thou good. And Micaiah said, As the Lord liveth, even what my God saith, that will I speak. If that's not what you do in your ministry, then just quit right now. Do yourself and everyone else a favor and just stop. And when he was come to the king, the king said unto him, Micaiah, shall we go to Ramoth Gilead to batter, or shall I forbear? And he said, Go ye up and prosper, and they shall be delivered into your hand. And the king said to him, How many times shall I adjure thee that thou say nothing but the truth to me in the name of the Lord? He must have said it with some sarcasm or something. Right? He, he must have been accustomed to Ahab not actually wanting to hear what God had to say. Then he said, I did see all Israel scattered upon the mountains as sheep that have no shepherd. And the Lord said, These have no master. Let them return, therefore, every man to his house in peace. And the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, Did I not tell thee that he would not prophesy good unto me but evil? Yeah, I knew what the preacher would say. Again he said, Therefore hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting upon His throne and all the host of heaven standing on His right hand and on His left. And the Lord said, Who shall entice Ahab, king of Israel, that he may go up and fall at Ramoth Gilead? If you're not sure what that means, it doesn't mean he's going to stumble and fall down and you know, hurt his knee. It means he was going to be killed. He was going to die. As the brother said, his time was up. And one spake at, saying after this manner, and another saying after this that manner. Then there came out a spirit and stood before the Lord and said, I will entice him. And the Lord said unto him, Wherewith? And he said, I will go out and be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And the Lord said, Thou shalt entice him, and thou shalt also prevail. Go out and do even so. Now therefore, behold, the Lord hath put a lying spirit in the mouth of these thy prophets, and the Lord hath spoken evil against thee. And so the message was, Ahab, you're going to die. And it don't matter that these 400 prophets have told you that you're going to have the victory. The Lord said, you're going to die.
I've heard of folks that have objected to this passage of Scripture. They say, oh, God, he shouldn't have, he shouldn't have uh, you know, approved of a lying spirit. You know, the Bible says that the Lord says when you've rejected the truth, he'll just let you go ahead and believe lies. Pharaoh hardened his heart and the Lord just let it keep on getting harder and harder and harder. In fact, doesn't the Bible say that those who refuse to receive the love of the truth that they might be saved, he says he's going to send them strong delusion that they might believe a lie. So I don't like that. Well, the Bible has an answer for that if you don't like it. It says repent and believe the Lord. Notice it says in verse 23, so Micaiah had, had delivered the message. And then Zedekiah the son of Canaan came near and smote Micaiah upon the cheek. And said, which way went the Spirit of the Lord for me to speak unto thee? He was, he was ridiculing Micaiah. Right? And that's the same thing they did to Jesus. You know, they blindfolded him, they put their hands over his eyes, and they'd smack him on the face, and they said, Prophesy! Who was it that smote you? And Micaiah said, Behold, thou shalt see on that day when thou shalt go into an inner chamber to hide thyself. Then the king of Israel said, Take ye Micaiah and carry him back to Ammon, the governor of the city, and to Joash, the king's son, and say, Thus saith the king, Put this fellow in the prison, and feed him with bread of affliction and with water of affliction until I return in peace. And Micaiah said, If thou certainly return in peace, then hath not the Lord spoken by me. And he said, Hearken, all ye people. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, went up to Ramoth Gilead. And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, I will disguise myself, and I will go to the battle, but put thou on thy robes. So the king of Israel disguised himself, and they went to the battle. You see, Ahab thought, well, I know how to escape death. I'll go and I won't look like I'm the king of Israel. I'll wear a disguise. Now the king of Syria had commanded the captains of the chariots that were with him, saying, Fight ye not with small or great, save only with the king of Israel. And it came to pass when the captains of the chariots saw Jehoshaphat that they said, It is the king of Israel. Therefore they compassed about him to fight, but Jehoshaphat cried out, and the Lord helped him, and God moved them to depart from him. For it came to pass that when the captains of the chariots perceived that it was not the king of Israel, they turned back again from pursuing him. Now, if you ever think that you can, you know, it's not so bad if you uh, get a little too friendly with the world, you have a little too close of acquaintance with some with the ungodly, well, Jehoshaphat just about lost his neck. Right? He just about was a goner. The Lord had to save him from his own stupidity, if you'll pardon that expression. 
says, For Cain, in verse 33, And a certain man drew a bow at a venture. Now that's the human side of it, right? From the human side, that fellow was just drawn back. He was going to shoot his arrow. He just said, I'm just going to let her fly. He wasn't aiming at anything in particular. God was. Aren't you glad if you're saved tonight that one time when the Word of God was being proclaimed, God was aiming at you? Aren't you glad? This man drew a bow at a venture and smote the king of Israel between the joints of the harness. Imagine that. That arrow just went right between the little gap in his armor. Just on a venture, just, you know. What would the world say? He got lucky? Lucky shot? Therefore he said to his chariot, Man, turn thine hand that thou mayest carry me out of the host, for I am wounded. And the battle increased that day. Howbeit the king of Israel stayed himself up in his chariot against the Syrians until the even. And about the time of the sun going down, he died. And so we have here this record of God's Word. God had already declared that Ahab was going to die. And He even went so far as to let Ahab in on the day it would happen. But Ahab didn't believe God. But tonight, what I want us to particularly notice is the prophet Micaiah and his ministry. As far as I'm aware... If your brother knows something different, you can tell me later. As far as I know, this is the only glimpse we get into the ministry of the prophet Micaiah. Is this one this one snapshot? Now he obviously had been a prophet for some time. He had been prophesying, declaring the word of God because Ahab already hated him. Right? And he had been prophesying there apparently in the northern kingdom of Israel which was not friendly territory for a man of God. And we find here this glimpse into his ministry and if you remember in the Sermon on the Mount and I'm going to turn there and read it. You can turn if you like. Matthew chapter 5 verses 10, 11, and 12 that Jesus pointed us to the prophets of old as examples for us today, and I believe that we're living in the last times. In fact, I believe that since Jesus ascended up to the right hand of the Father, it's been the last times. And it's going to be the last times until He comes again. And the Bible tells us a lot of the characteristics of these times. None of which that I have noticed are very good. But we have some examples that are given to us to help us out, to encourage us, to instruct us about how we're going to need to be to be able to serve God in such times. And Jesus said, 
In the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew 5, verse 10, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets who were before you. And so I think Micaiah is an example of that. James tells us in James 5 and verse 10, he said, Take my brethren the prophets as an example. He said, Who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering affliction and of patience. Now, we think of persecution, you know, we think of, of, you know, the government, you know, coming after us and things like that. That, that may be. That's certainly, certainly true in many respects. And maybe it'll, it'll come to pass in, in a greater form as time goes on. I believe it, it surely will. But there's, persecution takes many forms. Who persecuted Job? Well, primarily the devil. Was he suffering for righteousness' sake, or was he not? But here we have Micaiah. Now, Micaiah prophesied during a time of compromise. When those who knew the truth were pursuing the friendship of the world and the ungodly. Because didn't we see, it said Jehoshaphat, who you go back a chapter in Second Chronicles, and it says there in verse 3 of chapter 17 that Jehoshaphat walked in the first ways of his father David. And that he sought after the Lord. But we get to chapter 18, and he's gotten pretty prosperous, you know. It says he has riches and honor and abundance. And he joined affinity with Ahab. If you look in chapter 19, when after that God saved his skin from the battle with the Syrians, and he's headed back home now after Ahab was killed, in verse 1 and 2 of chapter 19 of Second Chronicles, it says, And Jehoshaphat the king of Judah returned to his house in peace to Jerusalem. And Jehu, the son of Hanani, the seer, went out to meet him and said to the king, Jehoshaphat, shouldest thou help the ungodly and love them that hate the Lord? Therefore is wrath upon thee from the Lord. Now, that's something, as a child of God, that ought to make you tremble. Amen. Now, it may not have before you were saved, but it ought to now. Now, it's not, it doesn't mean, you say, well, we're saved from wrath. That's true, if we're really saved. But we're not saved from chastisement. Judgment must begin at the house of God. 
And so it was a time of compromise. Because God told Jehoshaphat, he said, you shouldn't have been having anything to do with Ahab. Now, has something changed? Or does the Bible still say that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Are we still to come out from the world and be separate? Are we still to come out from all forms of idolatry and covetousness is idolatry, at least in the King James Version? It's in all versions. Wickedness, false doctrine, and be separate, saith the Lord, or is is that part of the faith that was once delivered to the saints that has expired. Right? It's no longer in fashion. Are the churches of the living God supposed to now go in with the synagogues of Satan? That's what Jesus called them in the book of Revelation. He called them synagogues of Satan. That's not a very nice description. You say, what is he talking about? False churches. People say, well, we have points of agreement. Not not according to God's word, we don't. You know, one of the claims that we hear put forward today is, well, we're, we're trying to have an influence. Well, on the basis of God's word, I deny that. Ahab had an influence on Jehoshaphat, but not the other way around. We don't influence the world. We testify unto it, and we testify against it. Repent or perish. At least that used to be the Baptist message. To a lost and a dying world. We testify to the world that the Son of God who made the world came into the world to be the Savior of the world, and yet the world knew Him not. Now, Jehoshaphat didn't help Micaiah's ministry too much. He sort of left Micaiah out to dry, didn't he? He left Micaiah to stand alone. And brethren, if your stand for the Lord depends on other Baptists in these dark and dangerous and difficult times, you aren't going to stand for very long. So you shouldn't get down on the Baptists. It's the only ones I know anything about. But, brethren, even good men fail. God never does. That's why the psalmist said, 
My help cometh from the Lord. Now, I think Ahab knew more about how to influence Jehoshaphat and play on his weaknesses. We have weaknesses. As the Bible calls it, infirmity. And he was able to play on Jehoshaphat's good intentions more than Jehoshaphat realized. Because who ended up going along with whom? Beloved, some of our brethren are saying, well, we need to go along with the Reformed Baptists and some others. Some are doing it. They say, oh, well, they believe in sovereign grace. So is the devil. I don't want to join forces with him. What happened to, can two walk together except they be agreed? And I'll tell you two that need to agree. You need to agree with God. You do that, you walk with Him, He'll take care of the rest. Now, we find that not only was it a time of compromise, I think we're in a time of compromise, but Micaiah was an unpopular prophet. In fact, he wasn't even invited to the meeting. Right? Right? They had 400 preachers. He wasn't on the list. You know, sometimes preachers, you know, preachers, as my grandfather used to say, are half human. They can feel bad, you know, if they aren't asked to speak too many places or, you know, feel like maybe their ministry is not all that they wish it ought to be. Well, the Lord has to straighten them out too. That's why Paul said to the churches, he said, brethren, pray for us. But you see, Micaiah was an unpopular prophet. Well, he preached an unpopular message. You know what he preached? Thus saith the Lord. He preached the word of God. Now there were 400 preachers there. At Ahab's conference. And you know the theme of the conference was victory at Ramoth Gilead. That was the theme. They were all preaching the same message. And it was a lie when it came out of every single one of their mouths. And if you preach the faithful message, if you give out the true report of God's Word, because that's what we're supposed to do, isn't it? What Isaiah say, Lord, who hath believed our report? We're supposed to give out the true report. Well, you, you're going to wind up being in the minority. Now, there's a false teaching that predominates 
in this hour that the truth will be and will make you to be well-liked. Isn't that what we hear from all quarters? Well, if you, if you, if you just preach the truth in love, everybody would want to hear you and everybody would get along with you and, and you know, folks would come. And Look in the Gospel of Luke chapter 6. Now, I think one of the thing, one of the points the brother made was we're, earlier was we're not to be obnoxious, right? There's no, I don't, I don't find a single command in the Word of God that says, Christian, be rude. I'll find it. But. The truth is obnoxious to unbelief. But notice in what Jesus said in Luke 6, verse 22, Blessed are ye when men shall hate you and when they shall separate you from their company and shall reproach you and cast out your name as evil. Here's the important part. For the Son of Man's sake. If that's why... Well, then Jesus said, you're all right. In verse 26, he said, this is the other side of the coin, as as the saying is, Woe unto you when all men shall speak well of you, for so did their fathers to the false prophets. Have you read this book? The Christian life is the cross-bearing life. Uh, Take up thy cross and follow me. And what does the cross speak of? Suffering and death. That's a message in itself. But we want to be well-received. Don't we? I mean, we want to be well-received. Was Jesus? We preach a God-sent Savior to a God-hating and God-rejecting world. And if our lives are, as the Bible says, becoming of the gospel, befitting of the gospel, well, our living renounces and reproves the world in its ways. Sometimes you don't have to say too much with your lips. If your living is what it ought to be, it'll speak. Now, Micaiah preached an unpopular message. Well, what was his message? It was the message of death. Wasn't it? The message was, Ahab, if you listen to these false prophets, you'll die. 
They were preaching lies to him. They were lies he loved to hear. In fact, Micaiah was was pressured to preach the same message, wasn't he? When he was summoned, they said, The words of the prophets declare good to the king with one assent. Let thy word, therefore, I pray thee, be like one of theirs and speak thou good. I usually don't have to worry about it. I don't get asked to preach that many places, but did you ever get asked to preach somewhere? And they kind of already slipped you the slipped you what they wanted to hear, you know. I think I've known some folks that would say Micaiah wasn't a wasn't a Christian gentleman. But you see, that was his message. If you listen to these lying prophets, Ahab, you're going to die. Have you ever witnessed to someone and tried to tell them that their preacher or priest or pastor is lying to them and that they're on their way to a devil's hell? And yet, is that not so? If Christ had to die to save us, we were all as good as dead. We just hadn't gotten there yet. I mean, if somebody has to lay down their life to save you, you must have been about to die. Right? We, when the person has to rush into the burning building to rescue you, it's because you are about to burn up. And if we're saved, aren't we nothing more than brands plucked from the fire? Jesus said, you see, this was the message of death. And didn't Jesus say, if anyone seeks to save their life, they'll lose it? Isn't that what Ahab tried to do? He tried to save his life. He put a disguise on. He said, I can get by this. I'll take some precautions just in case. I knew a fellow one time. He came and to a church I was that I would visit when I was in college and I couldn't get home and he came and requested baptism. Well, he was about to have back surgery. Made through back surgery, never saw him again. You know, people they wanna they wanna have a little fire insurance. But he that seeketh to save his life shall lose it. That means this life. But Jesus said, He that loses his life for my sake shall find it unto eternal life. Now, preaching the gospel requires risking ourselves. We don't really feel too much of that nowadays, do we? But it does. You expect someone to be saved 
Do, do, we, do we really understand what the word saved means? They'll perish. And we expect someone to be saved at no expense to ourselves. No expense to our reputation, our standing in the community or with family and friends, our pocketbook. Jesus, though He was rich, became poor for your sakes that you might be rich. Now Micaiah was pressured to conform. Well, we're going to be pressured to conform. Micaiah was persecuted by those who claimed to be preaching the Lord's message. We saw where the you know, the one false prophet just came right up and slapped him on the face. Mocked him. Now, Micaiah wasn't over there preaching in Moab to the Moabites or in Edom to the Edomites or over in one of the cities of the Philistines preaching to the Philistines. He wasn't in some heathen city. He wasn't over in Syria. He wasn't sent like, uh, like Jonah to Nineveh. He was in the middle of people who were supposed to be God's people. And they'd rather hear 400 false prophets in God's name. If I read my Bible correctly, in the age and the hour in which we're living, the problem's not so much out there because the wolves have entered in amongst the sheep. Jude said, ungodly men have crept in, unawares. Say, I don't know how they got in. I don't either, but they're there. You know what the other problem is? They're tolerated. You know, I haven't been around as long as some of y'all, but brethren, have you ever heard of a church rescinding someone's ordination? Because there's some that they should have. if they were doing their job. We have to beware. Churches are in a sad state. They're like the church at Laodicea. So self-satisfied. They said, we have need of nothing. They don't even know Jesus is outside. Not in their midst. And he finds their lukewarmness and their low spiritual condition disgusting. Didn't he say, I'll spew you out of my mouth? Now what happened there in our text? Well, God's word came to pass. Now it doesn't tell us but if they were really, really strictly obedient to Ahab's last command, Micaiah never did get out of prison. Because Ahab never did come back. 
But turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2. Now, beloved, the Bible says that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Well, here's here's one of the reasons why. Micaiah, you know, from the human standpoint, he looked like a failure, didn't he? He wasn't listened to. He ends up in prison. Well, Paul wrote the following words from prison. In 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 8, he said, Remember that Jesus Christ through the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel. That's the first reason your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Because Christ is risen. He said, Wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even unto bonds. Right? Paul was being treated like a criminal. He's locked up. And he says, but the word of God is not bound. They can put you in jail. They can silence you, but they can't silence the word of God. He said, therefore, I endure all things for the elect's sake that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. It is a faithful saying. That means it's absolutely true. You can believe it. For if we be dead with Him, we shall also live with Him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with Him. If we deny Him, He'll also will deny us. If we believe not, yet He abideth faithful, He cannot deny Himself. God's word's not bound. Paul said, that's, that's the reason why we triumph. He said, God causes us to triumph in them that are saved and in them that perish. Might be the word of death, like it was to Ahab. He said, oh, what should Ahab have done different? He should have repented. Same thing you should do tonight if you're lost. You know what it means to repent? It means you're wrong, God's right. You can just go ahead and drop your ways and turn to God. Receive His Son, Jesus Christ, who the Word of God declares unto you is the only Savior. And so, I pray the Lord will will help us through His Word tonight. That you'll be encouraged. So I feel like a failure. Our church is so small. There's been smaller. It doesn't matter how small we are. God's Word is not small. May the Lord bless you, brethren.